invite you to join us for a half hour of inspiration, sharing, and teaching in a new program of Orthodox Christian Renewal. This comes as an outreach of the Logos Ministry for Orthodox Renewal, headquartered in Fort Wayne, Indiana. The founder of this ministry of faith is Father Eusebius Stefanu, Greek Orthodox priest, author, and evangelist, who's been called by God out of pastoral and professorial posts to proclaim the end-time message of salvation, healing, and deliverance in Jesus Christ. Father Stefanu comes to share a message of love and hope with both those who've never known Christ and those who are already members of the church but have never experienced the fullness of God's redeeming grace and healing power. At the close of the program, we will give you the address where you can write our evangelist. And now, our speaker and host, Father Eusebius Stefanu. A hearty welcome to the hour of Orthodox Christian Renewal. Renewal in the Holy Spirit is widely discussed among the churches today. Not only discussed, but is very much in evidence. And I say among all the churches, among the, the Catholics, the Protestants, and even among the Orthodox, I believe God is pouring out His Spirit upon all flesh in these last days, like Joel prophesied. What we are witnessing today is an end-time renewal and restoration of the Church of Jesus Christ. God is pouring out His Holy Spirit even upon men and women in the Orthodox Church. This is why I believe that this is God's hour for the Orthodox. And God is reaching out for Orthodox Christians. He does not want them to live on spiritual crumbs. He offers them the whole oath of His redeeming love and His divine power. Now, since this telecast is being shown first in the Chicago area and over a Chicago channel, I want to mention that there are some 300,000 Greeks alone in the Chicago area. And if you put in the other Orthodox, like the Serbian Orthodox, the Romanian, the Russian, the Albanian, the Ukrainian, you have almost 500,000 Orthodox. What a tremendous potential for renewal in this part of the country. And I thank God for His blessing upon my monthly rallies for Christ that have been uh, taking place in Chicago. And uh, I'd like you to write me for information on the next rally, uh, either in Chicago or uh, in your local area where I may be ministering. Now, in uh, one of our most recent meetings and rallies in the Chicago area, we had many blessings, and many men and women, Orthodox Christians, came forward and made a commitment to Jesus Christ, and they renewed their baptismal confession. In fact, i like to show you a few pictures from that rally. I think uh, you'll be blessed. This rally was 
about three days. It was a three-day rally. And I'd like to show you some still shots from uh, our, this wonderful renewal service that we held at the St. Demetrius Greek Orthodox Church in uh, the suburb of Elmhurst. We had wonderful signs and wonders. And so uh, if I do come in your area, I'd like to have you attend my renewal services. Uh, write me. I want to thank you for your letters and for the contributions that make this program possible. And I want to ask you to uh, spread the word around to your friends and your relatives and even to your priests and pastors about this television outreach. I'm really excited about it, dear friend. I believe it's time that we made Jesus Christ real in our lives. It's time to really experience God's love in our life and just to move beyond, you know, mere religious routine. As I mentioned before, we're living in the end times when God is pouring out his spirit upon the church today to prepare it for the soon return of Jesus Christ. And one reason why there is a critical need for renewal in the church is because I feel that the church is filled today with cradle members. In other words, we take it for granted that we are Christians, that we are Orthodox Christians. And we almost uh, feel that it's a doctrine that you are born into the church. You're born into Christianity. You're born into Orthodoxy. And what we need, I feel, is an experience of salvation. And this experience of salvation in Jesus Christ comes with the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so what I want to speak about today is the need to have a face-to-face, life-changing meeting with God after hearing and listening and responding to the gospel of Jesus Christ. In other words, to experience the power of God that comes through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I want to turn uh, to the book of Romans, chapter 1, verse 16, where the Apostle Paul speaks about the gospel and about the power that the gospel releases, the redeeming power. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And the gospel is proclaimed. It's not simply stated. It's not even taught in the classroom. But it's, a, it's proclaimed. It's declared. And I want to ask you today, do you know that power? Have you experienced that power of God in your life? The power un, of God unto salvation? In other words, without that power, there is no salvation. There is no eternal redemption. For the gospel is the good news and it is the tidings of great joy which is to all the people as the angel announced to the shepherds in Judea on the night of uh, the birth of Jesus Christ. And this is why when Jesus 
commissioned his disciples to go into all the world, he said, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Because it's crucial that everyone hear the good news from God. It's, it's necessary, it's urgent that every man and woman, in other words, every creature, for the Lord Jesus Christ says, whosoever believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. In other words, every man and woman has to make a response to the message of the gospel. Do I accept it or do I reject it? And if I reject it, I suffer the consequences. And the Apostle Paul had a very profound sense of urgency to, uh, for preaching the gospel. This is why he said, Woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. In other words, if I do not evangelize. Now, I'd like to look, I have a, take a closer look at the content and essence of the gospel. Many times we hear the word gospel. We talk about it. But now I'd like to just... Uh, zero in on what it is specifically. In other words, what is the contents uh, concretely of uh, the gospel? And I want to read from uh, the first epistle of the, to the Corinthians, chapter 15, where the Apostle Paul gives us, in a few words, the content of the gospel. And he says in chapter 15, verse... Uh, one, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered, paredoka in the Greek, unto you first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was, uh, that he arose, was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Now, the Apostle Paul summarizes the message of the whole New Testament. Sometimes this scripture is called the small gospel because it capsulizes the new covenant God made with man in Jesus Christ. This is the core of Christianity, of the Christian dispensation. In other words, the dying and the rising of Jesus Christ. Take that away, and there is no gospel. There is no Christianity, there is no orthodoxy. Not only what Jesus Christ said and taught is important, but it is what was accomplished for man in those mighty acts of redemption. That is to say, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So, Paul reaffirms, he reaffirms, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you. Now, he founded the church of, of, of Corinth. But in his epistle, he's repeating it again. There is the need to proclaim over and over again the message of the gospel which is basic and fundamental. And he says, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you. In other words, do not forget the gospel. Keep it in mind. Remember the gospel, live the gospel, witness to the gospel, share it with others. This is why Jesus said uh, before Pentecost, ye shall be witnesses unto me after that the Holy Spirit shall come upon you. Tell others what God has done. 
that he sent his son into the world who died for sinners, whose atoning death upon Calvary's cross brings us forgiveness and the promise of everlasting life and the spirit of adoption, that we become sons of God. But you might say, I'm not a priest. I'm not a preacher. I'm not a pastor. I'm just a businessman or an engineer or a lawyer. I'm just a housewife. What do I know about theology and the deeper mysteries of God? Is it my job to preach the gospel? Dear friend, the gospel is simple. You don't need seminary training to understand nor to pass it on to others. You don't need a degree in theology to tell others how much God loves the sinner to the point of giving up his own son to the death of the cross. You don't have to be an ordained clergyman to tell others that Jesus Christ loved us so much that he accepted to suffer the malice and abuse of evil men and to be scourged and to be flogged and to be nailed on a wooden cross and to shed his blood that he arose from the dead after three days and ascended into heaven and now sits at the right hand of God the Father in glory and in supreme exaltation. All you need, dear friend, is faith and commitment. All you need is commitment to the person of Jesus. All you need is the power of the Holy Spirit. When you receive that power of the Holy Spirit, the first thing you'll want to do is to tell people around you about Jesus. And you'll want to witness to the gospel of salvation. Dear friend, before the disciples of Christ received the Holy Spirit baptism, well, they were filled with fear, filled with anxiety and uncertainty. They were discipled by their divine master for a period of three years. But alas, they were still weak and impotent. That's why Jesus Christ instructed them not to leave Jerusalem until they would be endued with that supernatural power from above. No one took notice of the disciples before Pentecost. They made no impact on the city of Jerusalem. But the moment they received the Holy Spirit baptism on the day of Pentecost, everyone took notice of them in the city of Jerusalem. And the first thing they did was to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we know from the account in the Bible that there were 3,000 souls that were brought to Jesus Christ on that very first day of Pentecost. As soon as you receive the power of the Holy Spirit, you will almost instinctively start talking to your friends and relatives about Jesus and about the gospel. There is no human explanation for that fire in your heart and that zeal to witness to the gospel. You're willing not only to suffer rejection and misunderstanding, but you're, even willing, you're, you're ready even to die for Jesus Christ. You are not daunted by what people around you might say but you are ready to pay the price for going all the way with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you don't have that zeal, it means you lack the infilling of the Holy Spirit. So once again, what is basic and fundamental in the church is the gospel. This is why the book of the gospels in every Orthodox church is placed in the center of the altar or the holy table, in the most conspicuous and central place in the church and in the sanctuary. Now the Apostle Paul says, in which you stand, which you have received, and in which you stand. In other words, the gospel in which you're standing, in which you're living. Every man and woman must make a conscious decision at least once in his or her life to receive the gospel 
and to say, yes, Lord, I accept the finished work of Calvary for my life. I accept and believe that what you did 2,000 years ago on Calvary, what you did for me, I want the blessings that flowed from the wood of the cross. I want the forgiveness that I am entitled to by virtue of your precious blood, the blood you poured out for my sins. So, dear friend, you need more awareness and a clarity in your relationship with God. Far too much ambiguity, vagueness and haziness exists about our religious life today. Isn't it ironic? We, we never rest until we know with certainty our surroundings. We, we like to know who the people are around us, who is our mother, who is our father. Uh, men and women who discover that they have not been raised by their natural parents, but have been adopted, suddenly embark on a long, diligent search to find out who their real mother is, who their real father is. There's a desire to know their roots, their real origin, and the source of their most intimate relationships. Yet, when it comes to matters of God and religion, generally speaking, we are contented with spiritual, uh, superficial, rather superficial religiosity. In other words, we're contented with religious ambiguity. Now, Paul says, in which you stand. I'm asking you today, are you standing in the gospel of Jesus Christ? But how can you stand in the gospel if, you're not, if you have not even received it? The gospel is, in too many churches, is taken for granted. It's just background theology. It is not even preached as a basic reality, as a challenge to be faced by those who desire to live forever in the presence of their Creator. Moral teachings of Christ seem to take up the content, make up the content of the messages delivered today in most of our churches. It isn't enough for you to know what Jesus said. It is most crucial for you to know what He did for you, that He died for you, that He suffered for you, was buried and He arose in victory on the third day, that He vanquished the dominion of Satan, and He is real and alive and exercises authority and sovereignty over heaven and earth. The Apostle Paul says, By which gospel you are saved. If you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. And what impresses me is the phrase, If you keep in memory what I preached unto you, Keep in remembrance, in mind, have a constant awareness of the gospel. Very often the gospel remains in the background, as I said, as some kind of a theological presupposition. But Paul states, and he spells out the content of the gospel. Here it is, pure and simple. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he arose again the third day according to the scriptures. Now he handed this down, this was tradition. It was passed down by word of mouth that Jesus Christ died for our sins and he arose. So it's important to know the gospel and to be careful not to distort it or to uh, adulterate it. Paul says that no one preach another gospel to you. Don't accept any other gospel than that which we have preached unto you. Otherwise, let him be accursed, anyone that brings you another gospel. And he says, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that which ye have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? The central core of orthodoxy, even in the Holy Communion, is the gospel. This is why Paul says, as often as you eat of this bread and drink this cup, you do declare the Lord's death till he come. So our eternity depends upon our response to the gospel. And... If we, if we have faith and we believe in the gospel, we shall be saved. Whosoever shall believe not shall be condemned. And the Lord warns us 
that he shall be revealed, it says there in the Bible, from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. So, my beloved, I ask you today, are you aware of the message of the gospel? Maybe you've been going to church all your life, but you've never really had an awareness of the content and of the urgency of the gospel. We need to respond to it because to be an Orthodox Christian is to know and to believe the full gospel. Orthodoxy is the personal experience of the riches of the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to have the assurance that your sins have been forgiven in the blood of Calvary's cross. It isn't enough to be baptized. In the death and resurrection of Jesus, you have the basis of all of God's provision for you, for all of your needs. Everything else in church is peripheral and secondary. And for this reason, I want to help you today. I want to lead you. In the minutes ahead, I want to lead you into a commitment to Jesus Christ so that you might make a conscious and deliberate choice and decision for Christ. You cannot go to heaven on what your Godfather said for you and on his confession. And I'm going to ask you to join with me in the minutes ahead to, with all your heart, and with sincerity, and with a humble spirit, to repeat these words that I'm going to say to you. And you're going to experience a new awareness, a quickening of your spirit, a new experience of Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask you to repeat these words after me. They are words of commitment. Say them with all of your heart. Repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you died for me a sinner. That's right. Repeat it after me. That you shed your blood on the cross to save me from hell and to bring me into heaven. Come into my heart as my personal Savior and help me to experience your redeeming love and your healing power. I surrender my life unto you, dear Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now, in closing, I want to thank you for your letters that really encouraged me in this television outreach. And I want to thank you for your gifts and for your offerings. And to those that send me a contribution and share in this outreach, I'd like to send you a copy of my magazine, The Logos, a bi-monthly magazine. And I'd like to put you on my mailing list. I also would like to send you uh, my two new books, Pathway to Orthodox Renewal and Desolation and Restoration in the Orthodox Church. May God richly bless you. This is my prayer and my desire for you. I'll be seeing you next time. We thank you for having joined Father Stefano in this new broadcast of Inspiration and Faith. We hope you will tune in again next week for another half hour of Orthodox Christian Renewal. This program is made possible by the free will offerings of the viewers. 
Your prayerful and financial support is vital to the continuance of this telecast.